I'm Jason Ariola, and this is Rock Out with Your Card Out. This week we're going to take a listen to the soundtrack to Soulfeast. I know what you're going to say. What the hell is Soulfeast, Jason? I would have asked the same question until about a month or so ago. Uh, Dave Roberts from Continue Podcast, which is a wonderful podcast. I think you should go check out. But anyway, um, he was streaming it, and I happened to pop on and watch. It's a side-scrolling shooter that originally came up on the Sharp X68000. Um, that is a little bit of a mouthful to say every time. So yeah, but anyway, uh, came up the Sharp. X68000 in November 1990. Uh, Dave was playing the Sega CD version, I believe. Like most shooters of that era, I kind of took an immediate liking to the music, and after looking into it a little bit, I found there was a bunch of versions of this soundtrack. Three alone on the Sharp X68000, two that used MIDI sound, while the one we're covering today uses a Yamaha 8-channel FM synthesizer chip. It ended up coming to the Sega Genesis and the Sega CD, as I mentioned earlier, uh, sometime in 1991. And while the Sega CD version does have Redbook audio and sounds pretty good, I'm more of a fan of this version, so that's what we're going to be listening to today. So the composer for Soul Feast, and I think it came to the United States on the Genesis as Soul Deece, if I'm remembering correctly, so instead of F-E-A-C-E, it was D-E-A-C-E, which I don't think that makes it any less, um, huh? <laughs> you know, it... Still doesn't make any sense. But anyway, the composer is one of my favorites, Motoi Sakuraba. And gun to my head, I probably never would have guessed this was him. If you're unfamiliar with him, I've covered one of his works before with Baton Kaido's Eternal Wings and the Lost Ocean well, ways back. Sakuraba is very prog rocky at times, with a lot of like organ noodling in his tracks. But the thing is, there's a lot of structure in the noodling, which is a little strange when you really think about what... Uh, Prog rock kind of feels like sometimes it's a little just all over the place, not a lot of structure to it, and that's something I've gone over before that I'm not a big fan of. And I don't know, I, I dig the sound of it, and it's probably why I like Matoy Sakuraba's stuff, because I like the sound of it and the fact that there's structure to it, while not being a terribly big fan of prog rock itself proper. Uh, he's worked on a ton of stuff over the years, including the Tales of series, the Golden Sun series, and the Dark Souls series. Sakuraba gets... I don't want to say pigeonhole, but kind of pigeonholed a little bit at times as being a one-trick wonder, all of his soundtracks sounding the same. But when you kind of listen to stuff like this and the Dark Soul series, you kind of realize he does have a breadth of expression that he does. And I think he just kind of got settled into, like, here's my JRPG uh, soundtrack mode. You know, he all that stuff doesn't all sound the same, but it's pretty similar, and you can kind of tell it's from him. Whereas the first time I heard the Dark Souls soundtrack, I was like, oh, that's Sakuraba? 
Okay, doesn't sound anything like his stuff. It's a little bombastic, like a lot of his stuff is at times, but it also pulls back quite a bit when it needs to. So anyway, uh, we're not here to talk about Dark Souls. So anyway, let's go ahead and let's listen to the first track, and that is the opening track. This plays during an animated opening sequence, so keep that in mind while you're listening to it. going on this one but my favorite part is once it gets to about 52 seconds in it's the different notes that come in at that part leading kind of into a percussion break of sorts which takes us to the little ending segment if you want to never be able to get the image out of your head every time you hear this watch the opening video i can't not see it when i listen to this thing now so anyway uh, let's go ahead and let's move on to the first proper track and that is going to be from mission one and that is called cosmic illusion
something I feel the soundtrack does exceedingly well in a few tracks is build up. It did it in the intro and it does it very well here too. The loop here is a little short, being only about a minute long altogether, but this track just hits that first stage vibe so well. It gives you a little bit of confidence and it isn't too fast. I like it a lot when a track can give you that sense that you're totally capable of harder things and this is just something for you to kind of warm up and loosen up to. And before you know it, you're fighting the first boss, and that's when you have to kind of focus. And the music really adjusts to that when that happens. So let's listen to the first boss theme, which we'll hear in the first, second, and fourth boss fights in the game. It's a little bit of a tonal shift from Cosmic Illusion, but it doesn't feel wildly out of place at any time it comes up. All the boss themes tend to lean a little bit on lower notes to really drive the point of this being more serious. It's intense, but not so much that I think it'll break your ability to flow with the game itself. It's more of a song that supplements focus than distracts from it. And with that, why don't we go ahead and let's move on to our next track, and that is going to be Enemy's Arsenal, which is the Mission 2 theme. 
kind of feel like Enemy's Arsenal is just a little too laid back throughout most of it. It takes a good like 48 seconds to kind of get going, and even that's kind of short-lived, working to a buildup that's serviceable, and then kind of leads back into the loop. I like it, but it's kind of near the bottom of my favorite tracks on this soundtrack. Uh, with that, actually, why don't we go ahead and let's move on to one of my favorites, and that is Artificial Solar, which is the Mission 3 theme. Now, here's where I think things kind of start ticking off. The intensity is definitely up, and there's more of a serious tone to it, but there's that real feeling of sci-fi dogfighting in here. And around the 46 second mark, this thing gets deep and dark sounding, but after a few seconds, it goes back up in tone and then loops, and I love the transition. There's just so much going on with this track that I love that it's easily something I could leave on the loop for quite a while and never really get tired of it. This is one of those that almost begs to be on one of those YouTube hours long loops. <laughs> so, um, but loop it for too long and you might never get to the next track we're going to listen to. And that is Cruise Ship Glacier, which is the fourth mission theme.
The intro in this one's a little strange. The first time I heard it, I kind of found it a little off-putting. It takes more than a little while to really even fit in with the rest of the soundtrack. It takes six seconds to really get anything at all going. And even then, it kind of feels like Matoi Sakuraba is just kind of mashing down on a keyboard over and over. Just going mash, 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 mash. It's not bad, but it doesn't really lead with its best foot forward. Give it until about 19 seconds in, though, and it feels like the whole thing kind of just comes together. Even when it goes back into the intro when it loops, it feels like it makes more sense as a looping track. That's not something I feel happens too frequently in the music I listen to, so it feels kind of like a neat little trick when it does happen. Anyway, uh, let's go ahead and let's go on from that to something that takes a little less effort to really enjoy, and that is Pluto Bass, which is the Mission 5 theme. doesn't really sound like it, but this one feels related to Gradius. It's easy to listen to, and it gets its hooks in you from the first note. It's also one of those first tracks in the soundtrack that I would say has a very clean sound to it. Some of the others have a little bit more of a rough edge to them at times, with the more mid and low range sounds, but this one kind of feels like it's lacking the same grit as some of the other tracks in Soul Feast. It's not really out of place, but it's a bit of an odd duck that still fits in somehow. And again, I really enjoy this one, so it's not like I'm complaining about it. It's just, it just lacks that little bit of a little bit of an edge, I suppose, that I 
kind of gotten accustomed to with the rest of them. But that sound transitions very nicely to our next track, and that is going to be the Boss 2 theme, which is the boss themes for Mission 5 and 6. I like that this one still sounds clean, but it kind of ratchets up the intensity quite a bit. It's not quite as harsh sounding as the first boss theme either. It's a little more frantic at times, and it's almost a little scary to listen to. It ramps up like a boss fight that happens later in games kind of should, giving you that little bit of a, you know, kind of clenching your teeth, like, okay, I gotta concentrate, gotta get this thing together. So it's another example of Sakuraba really nailing down the vibe for this soundtrack. So. And speaking of nailing it, let's go ahead and let's move on to Enemy's Last Stand, which is the Mission 6 theme.
I absolutely love this one. You've got the enemy with their back against the wall, and the music really sells that one. It's almost victorious sounding when you're basically on mop-up duty at this point. You've been through this shit, but you still can't afford to let yourself get complacent this close to the end. It's a little weird going from this to the second boss theme at the end of the stage, feeling almost totally a bit too different to kind of mesh together. But when you've got this track to listen to, I guess I can forgive a little melodic whiplash. Speaking of Whiplash, uh, you thought that was the end. Well, guess what? There's a whole other round of bosses, yes, plural, to fight now in the last stage. There's a little bobbing and weaving through some corridors to do while avoiding some projectiles, but the first two seconds of this track kind of loops for a minute or two while you're doing that and fighting the first two kind of mini-bosses until you come upon the final boss and the boss three theme kicks in. So this one also gets used in stage three, but it's been a while since we were there, so hey, why not reuse it, I suppose? So with that, we're at the final confrontation, and it's weird. It doesn't seem to last as long as you'd imagine, and getting to it might be tougher than actually fighting the damn thing. But after everything you've been through to get here, you certainly don't want to screw this up. I think it works for making you aware that this is the end. It's almost a little much considering how easy the last boss looks compared to the ones protecting it, but I guess if you need to make it seem a little bit more intense than it actually is, this track would probably do the trick for that. So anyway, let's go ahead and let's move on to the ending theme. It really puts the brakes on as far as the pace goes, but it's another quality piece by Sakuraba.
I hope you were wanting something peaceful to bask in your victory. So here you go. <laughs> I don't have a whole lot to say about this one, but it's a nice mellow track that still fits in with the rest of the theme of the soundtrack. You get a good sampling of sounds that we've heard throughout the soundtrack, and it's still kind of doing its own thing by keeping things mellow. So, if that was a little too laid back for you, don't worry. Sakuraba's gonna smack you in the face a little bit before he lets you go. So, let's go ahead and listen to the music that plays while the credits roll.
You want some intense credit roll music? Sakuraba's got you, baby. There's definitely a bit of that victory percussion thing kind of going on here, and Sakuraba really just nails down the soundtrack with a bang. It's a great way to end this, but much like everything else I do in life, I'm going to screw that up and throw in one more track rather than just end on that, which was basically a slow pitch for ending the podcast. So the next one is unused in the game itself, but I like it, and I figure why the hell not throw it in here? So here's a untitled track that we'll just call Unused. Not bad at all. It's actually really good, and I'm sort of bummed out this one didn't make it into the game itself, but it's another one that's nice and clean sounding, and despite it not being used in the game, I think it might be one of my favorite tracks in this thing overall. So anyway, that'll wrap up Soul Feast for this episode of Rock Out With Your Card Out. I appreciate you sticking with me through this, and hey, I managed to get an episode out on time, so how about that? It's a little bit later in the afternoon than I was hoping, but you know, same day that we... I'm supposed to have these episodes out, so I guess you just take what you can get, right? Uh, so first, let's go ahead and say if you want to support me on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash gamesandjunk, and over there you can support Rocket with your card out, and you will get a higher quality audio feed, as well as a catch-all for all the podcasts 
we're doing on the Games and Junk Network. You can go to gamesandjunk.net to see all the other podcasts we do, some of the written content by the time this goes. Well, no, I still need to write them actually, but within a few days of this writing or this posting, I'll have written a few more reviews or a couple more actually that I really need to get out the door. I've just been a little behind. So um, anyway, you go to patreon.com slash gamesandjunk and kick in five bucks. That'll get you the bonus segments on Multimedia Failure, a podcast I do with two friends of mine who suffer uh, as we watch every video game movie ever made in chronological order and then we rank them against each other arbitrarily also um a little bit of a hopefully surprise for you guys but there is going to be a bonus episode of rocket with your card out coming up here a dream event is going to be returning it will be a little bit shorter but hey it's there so if you want the bonus episode you're going to have to uh kick in a few bucks there i think this will be the 10th one i'll have done or if not the ninth i don't remember it off the top of my head probably should have looked i'm a bad host what can i say so uh some of the other rewards you get with the patreon thing you also get a shout out on the show so i want to shout out to vanessa cahill john lucero alex messenger and josh carpenter for helping keep the lights on over here especially during these uh let's say not so wonderful times that's not kind of happening in the world right now um yeah i'm in the middle of working at a grocery store and it's a little scary going to work every day so having this podcast to come home and do is a little bit cathartic it's kind of nice to just i don't know be able to bask in video game music for a little bit to get my mind off these things so anyway um of course you can go to twitter and follow me at jason Ariola, and you can follow the show at Rowico podcast that is r-o-w-y-c-o podcast there is also the contest slash giveaway that is still active for three more people uh alex messenger at one of my patreon backers actually went to iTunes and reviewed the show for me. So I really appreciate that, Alex. Uh, He has been a supporter for a very long time of the show, and I really appreciate the hell out of it, man. But if you want to get some of Kim McZeal's music for free, uh, you can actually uh, go to iTunes and kick in a five-star review or whatever review you think I deserve. But I think five stars is the way to go. Right, right, right. And I will actually purchase an album for you of Kimmy's. So this way you've got some uh, cool Game Boy jams to listen to during these uh, dark, dark times. And all of cost you is a couple minutes of your time going to the itunes store so um yeah i've got three more of those to give out and i think that covers everything for rock out with your card out for this week so again i really appreciate you sticking with me and hopefully um you enjoy the next episode kemi and i actually have something planned i'm hoping she's planning on being that episode because she gave me an idea and i rather like it so rather than just me do it by myself i think i'm gonna try to rope her in on that one so in a couple of episodes uh, kemi will be back on to have a little chat with us so so until next time i really appreciate you sticking with me through this uh again i know i've said that a few times but it really means the world to me that during these dark times I can hopefully give you a little bit of alleviation emotionally and you can just kind of edge out, listen to some cool video game music that maybe you've never heard of or maybe you're just revisiting and haven't heard for a while. I know I tend to lean on stuff that's maybe a little bit more obscure and not the, let's say, well-traveled path, I suppose. But I think, you know, there's a bunch of other video game music podcasts that you can get that from and getting some oddball stuff from me here and there is probably a little refreshing. Maybe stuff you've never heard before. I... Yeah, I'm not saying my taste is eclectic or anything. Um, maybe John Lucero would uh, beg to differ occasionally. But, um, yeah, I feel exposing music to you that you might not have heard before is kind of a cool thing to do. Uh, yeah, because when I was younger, I didn't really have that option. And having podcasts and just YouTube playlists to go and check out stuff and just randomly find new stuff that I like is 
really great benefit of this day and age. So anyway, again, thanks for listening. Keep yourself safe. Keep yourself home if you can. And if you're working like I am, I, I guess, thank you. I, I It sounds a little self-congratulatory when I say that because I'm also having to go to a place that's dealing with the public on a daily basis too. But if you're also doing that, thank you. I, I appreciate you continuing to do whatever it is you're doing that has you facing the public in these uh, troubled, dark, uh, virus-related times. So, yeah, uh, I don't really have a nicer way of exiting out of that, so why don't we just go ahead and say that's been 40 episodes of Rocket With Your Card Out, and here's to another, another however many we can get done, because I don't know how many episodes I'm planning on doing Rocket With Your Card Out. Um, probably not doing it indefinitely, but I'm floundering again on the ending, so I'm just going to shut up and let the Capcom vs. SNK2 announcer tell me to shut up and end the podcast. Great! I knew that groove was in your heart.